Welcome. Welcome, listeners. Welcome one, welcome all. Colleagues. Trusted associates. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Welcome to FOH. It's a podcast that we make for you, and it's about the service industry. That's true. Um, and I'm William Devane. I'm Kelly Sullivan. So remember those names, pal. Oh, yeah. We're going to rise straight to the top. I see that for us. <laughs> I see that happening. Straight to the food charts of Canada <laughs> podcast <laughs> charts. Um, they lo- are gorgeous cousins to the north. Mm. We love you. We love you. Um, cool. Trudeau? Mm. True dad. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when everyone loved him? Yeah, that's what you can never... This is, I've never said that I thought a politician was hot because it's like, you look like a fool within two years. They I make, know. They I make mean, a fool out of I you. I was definitely one of them, but not like, I just thought he was hot. Yeah. I knew as soon as that Beto O'Rourke <laughs> came on the scene, everyone was like, he looks like a Kennedy. No. I was like, he, yeah, inbred? No, he looked, that guy was a totally different story. Uh-uh. That neck? Mm-mm. I had never seen such a despicable. <laughs> sinewy. Oh, beef jerky stick oh my god his neck is 14 inches long we bid you adieu beto um let's do some service stories yeah let's do it um you want me to go first yeah because i have to think of okay <laughs> um yeah kelly and i both worked it was a holiday weekend so if you work in the service industry that means that you're basically working a friday night like five nights in a row somehow that did happen yeah yeah <laughs> um so uh, it I got destroyed. It was busy every single night to the point where I was just like a constant barrage of injustice against me. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Absolutely. Agreed. That's what serving feels like sometimes. I'm like, how many small infractions can be perpetrated? Yeah. <laughs> um, before I put you all in jail. Um, that's the general public <laughs> has to go to jail directly. I want to close the jails, but except the one that I create for people who go to restaurants. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, anyways, so a bunch of stuff happened. One, I'll do one funny one and one that made me almost have a fucking anger aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, funny one is that, <laughs> let's start with that one first. Yeah. Okay. Um, these women sat down. It was very busy. They were just getting drinks or waiting for a table. And I'm like, can I get you all some new drink while you're waiting? And they were like, yeah, they gave me their drink orders. And as I'm making, I'm about to go over. She goes, oh, excuse me. I, um, I have a nut allergy. And I was like, okay, thanks for letting me know. Like, you know, whatever. Um, I was like, is it tree nuts? Is it, you know, just so I like pretend to give a shit. I mean, I give a shit, but I'm like, this doesn't matter to me right now. Right. You're making, I'm making drinks. She's like all nuts, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, great. Um, so I'm making them cocktails. <laughs> she orders an old fashioned. Yeah. Um, I bring it over to her and she's like, I'm sorry. Um, is this okay for me to drink? <laughs> and I just was like, so just my brain was destroyed by that question. Um, and the whole scenario that I was just like, yeah, there are no nuts in bourbon. And I was just like, goodbye. Like, what yeah that's the dumbest question i've ever been asked it's also like definitely a question you should ask bef- 
before you order. Well, that's the thing is like, okay, so here's the situation. You already have told me you have a supposedly deadly nut allergy. Supposedly. <laughs> oh my God, Lillian. Okay. I'm sorry. If you're in your forties and you're this freaked out about a nut allergy, is it a recent thing? Because you should like, I like, I don't understand. Yeah. Also don't go to a rest. If it's that, if I'm like, yeah, we have hazelnuts in the kitchen. Is that a problem? Like, I don't know how, if right. it's that serious, I'm like, don't get up in a bubble and go out. Like, I don't know. Sure. Anyways. But yeah, I'm just like, you've already spoken to me about your allergy. I've acknowledged that you have it. Why would I then just what smear peanut butter inside your cocktail glass just to do it for fun? What do you You're like, I did an amaretto float. Is that not <laughs> what you wanted? <laughs> Old fashioned with an amaretto float. Yeah. Just, I, sorry. I thought that's what falernum everywhere. <laughs> I just like, I, I don't know. It was just so fucking stupid that I had to be uh, tinging towards rude, if if I may say so. Um, God damn it, though. It was pretty funny, though. Yeah, that's good. Anyways, um, and then they were nightmares for the rest of the night, obviously. You know, you expect... No, never mind. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving right <laughs> along. Um, yeah, I... Fuck. Okay, so then what else happened last night? I had another thing that I'm on antidepressants now, which means, um, which I'm very happy about. I was on them for a while. I'm back on, um, when I'm depressed, obviously I'm sad and I can't be angry and anger is like my fuel for my body. So now I'm getting my anger back, which is great, but is also like, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. I have the energy to be angry again, which I'm positively enjoying, but it can be tough at work. Um, one of our sweet cooks, uh, his sister was coming in for dinner. She was visiting. Everyone was very like, let's make sure she has a nice time. <laughs> Lillian's like, no, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, he's an angel. He's like 23, like sweetie. Obsessed. And, um, and he's really excited. His sister was coming. Everyone was very excited. She's his younger sister, another tiny baby. Um, she comes in, she's like an absolute sweetheart. Um, I have her like sparkling. She's being so cute. And there is this group next to her that had come in like an hour before, like already being really weird. And they're that couple or that, that group that's like, everyone has a different idea about what's going on. So like mm. someone's ordering a bottle of wine, everyone else is having beer. One person orders an entree. Some like, yeah, just like nobody's on the same page, which makes it just like so insane to serve people. And they were already kind of drunk and being like weird. And I was like, I also like, I can't get a rapport going with you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I can like, I can't feel out the situation if everyone's just chaotic. So I'm just like, okay, does anyone need it? Like I just become like triage all the time. It's exhausting. Yeah. I yeah. hate it. Um, I'm like, just come in and be like, guys, are we all getting snacks? Great. Here's our, like, yeah. Or especially if it's a drunk group, put one person like you're in charge. And then yeah. defer to them. And I'm like, and it's also like, oh, I work at the kind of place where I can't just like put down a plate with like some paper napkins and some forks on it. Like I have to set everyone up if yes. ever, you know, it's just yes. like the details of service are yeah. like for where it's not like a basket of tater tots and go for it, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Anyways. Um, so they were really working my nerves. They were being really annoying. They're like probably like late thirties. Um, and they were right next. It was very, very busy right next to 
uh, this the little sister. Mm-hmm. And then I notice that one of the guys, my heart is like racing right now. I'm just thinking about it. I noticed that one of the guys is talking to her and I was like, absolutely not. I was like, get the fuck. Like, I was like, no, she's like another perfect example of how all men are fucking pedophiles. I was like, you want to fuck this child? You yeah. literally have a receding hairline. You're a hideous old man. Yeah. She is a beautiful child. Yeah. And she looked young. Like she's like teeny. I'm like, yeah. you're disgusting. Yeah. And Epstein didn't kill himself. So <laughs> anyways, so I'm so upset because she's just there trying to have like a, a dinner. Her brother's like so excited to cook for her. Yeah. She's just like trying to she's have. She's trying a, to fuck her brother, dude. She Look, she's already got something lined up. Okay. <laughs> she's trying to fuck her brother. Okay. Get out. <laughs> You're not going to compete. They have years of history together. It's, yeah, you can't compete with that. <laughs> Literal child. They took baths together. Okay? So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyways. On. So I, he's just like slime balling it and just won't leave her alone. Yeah. And just talking about like the, the stuff you would imagine a guy trying to like impress a fucking baby. Yeah. Um. He's dangling car keys in front of her <laughs> <Yeah>. face. <laughs> he's like, I was really sad when Toys R Us declared bankruptcy. <laughs> was that hard for you? <laughs> so, and then, but the thing that really made me mad was like none of his friends fucking noticed. Yeah. And they were all like, you know, they weren't just a bunch of like old white guys. It was like everyone was, you know, everyone was something. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Okay. No, it was just like I, you would expect a bunch of like, they just look like cool, like kind of artsy people, mm-hmm. you know? Anyways, and he just wouldn't stop. And I kept, I like went up to, I was like, you know what my face looks like when I'm giving someone like. Yeah. That's what makes me sad that I'm not having kids because I would love to scare the ever-loving fuck out of them. You know what I mean? Just yeah, with an but eye. You, you do that to other people's kids. <laughs> so I was giving him extreme dagger eyes, and I was like, leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. And then I went up to her, and I was like, he was right there, and I was like, sweetie, are you Dakota's younger sister? And she was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So I was just like trying to be like, she's somebody's sister who's a baby, but obviously that doesn't matter to him. Yeah. And so, yeah, he just was like being disgusting. And then the end of the night, he was like, so like next time you're in the city, like she doesn't even live here. Is yeah. Next time you're in the city, like, can I have your, you know, got her Instagram or whatever. And then when she was walking away, I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Like she was like, yeah, I was like really gross. She like was upset. Cause it was like, yeah, it was disgusting. And she didn't want it to be happening. Yeah. And then all of them were like, oh, my God, dude, you're so smooth. And he's like, yeah, I mean, she says she has a girlfriend. But I'm like, you don't I, – I just can't believe how delusional you are. Yeah. It blew – it honestly blew my mind. I was like, did you not – how did nobody read this situation except me? They were all watching it. That is disgusting. It was so fucking gross. I was like, you are ugly. And you're so pathetic. And I, dude, I was this close away to being like on his way. I would be like, okay, so she did tell me that, yeah, she thought you were really gross and she's not ever answering your DM. Like I wanted to be like, good night. Don't ever come in here again. And it just made me think of like what my responsibility is because I am sort of like, I'm protective of my guests and I am protective of the experience that everyone's having. And it's really tough to know 
what to do Yeah, in that kind of situation. Because I'm like, he's not like being, you know. Right. He's not being like outwardly lecherous. I mean, it just was so disturbing to me. And I yeah. was like, and it, and also they were being, they were went on to misbehave in other ways because they got wasted. And I'm just like, you know, don't come here acting a damn fool. Yeah. Behave yourselves. That's a contract we're signing when you walk in here. Yeah. I fucking hate it. Yeah. Anyways, it really, I was, I was so stressed out. Yeah. That's disgusting. I felt so protective and she was like so cute and she's here to like have her brother cook her a meal. It's like so fucking wholesome. I was like, you're disgusting. You're disgusting. Anyways. So still angry about it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) he's, he's a bad man. Yeah. He's a fucking lawyer. Hideous. A hideous man. Disgusting. Assault and pepper lawyer, stop it. Stop. You're being. This isn't Sex in the City. No one's not, impressed by that. You're not anymore. John Slattery. Mm-mm. Okay, you wish. You wish. You wish. I wish you were John Slattery, too. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> well, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I just like. Anyways, I made them feel uncomfortable, so. That's good. I just want to let them know I was watching and I knew what the fuck yeah. was going on. Right? Like, what yeah. would you have done? I don't know. It's just No, like, definitely just that. Like, definitely just be like... Don't. Don't. Just don't. Just Dude, don't. Dude, it's also, like, not a fucking bar. It's a restaurant. Yeah. Like, it's... You know? The lights are up. Yeah. You're listening to, like, Otis Redding Radio. Please. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. Drinking gamay. Get the fuck out of here, please. Anyways, it was disgusting. I hate... I hate men who just want to fuck kids and that's literally everyone. So they're all fucking disgusting. Not to be one of those women, but right now I'm feeling it. Yeah. Anyways, do you have a service story? (laughs) Um, I guess mine is not really a service story, but I kind of tweeted about this, but I was listening to um, night call podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And they were just talking to, I, I must've tuned out for a second. They were talking to the creator of that new show Dickinson Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, so is Epstein a, a Mossad agent? Like, is does he work for the Israeli government? And I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, rewind, rewind, rewind. And I was listening to that on the way into work and I was like, huh. And then they're like going over the evidence and I was like, that's kind of interesting. I'd never heard that before because I'm like interested in Epstein, but again, not a man. So I'm not obsessed. Sure. Um, and, um, and so I went into work and I was like, I'm just going to bring this to the table. <laughs> And <laughs> to all my tables. <laughs> yeah. And then um, this one cook that I have a crush on who we've, you know, talked about Epstein before, as you do. And so he sat down to family meal and I was like, so what do you think? And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I know it has some like kind of like anti-Semitic kind of undertones, but um, there's evidence. I mean, Ghislaine's dad was a Mossad agent. And he was like what and i was like you know Ghislaine's dad who also died allegedly by suicide and he was like and then i realized like maybe i had spent a little more time thinking about it than him because he's like engaged and like probably has a full and vibrant life and i don't and um and he was like um and then just like didn't really talk to me for the rest of family meal and i was like okay so kind of like that bungled it how do i backpedal from there Like, you know all that stuff I said before? I would, that was a JK. <laughs> that was a big old JK. 
was a big old JK. Okay. That's something a boy told me when he was hitting he, on hitting me. Hitting on me because that happened. Because I was sitting and it was so beautiful. I, and I looked so nice. <laughs> and he's like, where'd you hear that? True Anon. And I was like, no, I hardly ever listen to that. I mean, sometimes, but I mean, like, whatever. Do you? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, okie dokie. So well, anyway. I wish you both the best. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Congrats, you. Mazel. <laughs> yeah. on your impending engagement yes um incredible yeah i am so fucking tapped out it's um yeah i think yeah it's uh yeah (laughs) okay okay um we'll talk about it off the air anyways um yeah but we're both uh on our last legs here <laughs> kelly and i obviously our last legs <laughs> last shreds of sanity <laughs> clinging on i just i came home from work one night and hysterically cried which i haven't what am i holly hunter <laughs> <laughs> what is this mad about you <laughs> revival <laughs> uh-huh. mad about you wasn't who's on that um fuck the blonde woman yeah she's blonde i was thinking of uh of uh broadcast news oh god yeah of yeah course, of course. um whatever i don't like to cry so <laughs> made me i was like i gotta quit this job if it's making me cry yeah. anyways um okay so y'all we have a really special episode for you today yeah um helen hunt Is that yes helen? yeah okay helen hunt okay Helen Hunt's out of the way. <laughs> okay. Special episode. A special. Um, as in, it's just, uh, I don't know. We did it a little bit of a deep dive. We're pretty excited. We're pretty excited about it. Um, this is really Kelly's forte, if you will. Yeah. Um, do you want to introduce it? Sure. Um, so, either.com. Uh, just published a, a deep dive into the television program, The Restaurant, which mm-hmm. was um, a very like proto reality TV show from like 2003 mm-hmm. um, about a restaurant in New York. And the chef on it, um, Rocco De Sil- Silva? Silvio. Silvio. Um, Despirito. Despirito. Ooh. Albert DeSalvo, um, the Boston Strangler. Yeah. No <laughs> listen to that podcast um and uh so they did a deep dive onto this and then that kind of caused Lillian and I to go further and we found this YouTube someone has uploaded all of the episodes of that show onto YouTube um yeah it is incredible this is a topic that we have kind of danced around I think that in this episode we should stick just to reality food mm-hmm. television because there's another whole thing that we could do of like on like you know what i mean and yeah, all yeah. that stuff um but let's just say the article right off the bat yeah. so we don't forget to credit this person um so the title is reality bites which you gotta love Ugh. the editor chef kiss if you will um samuel ashworth samuel i hope that you get your next freelance should be like a cut oh the cut yeah art, like a long you really put in this yeah. is your I hope you are in T magazine. Yes, this could be. This is going to be huge for you. This piece that you just wrote. Um, So congratulations. (laughs) Congrats. He's like, never speak my name again. Okay. Um, So yeah. So this is really interesting because it's 
it's tragic and interesting and hilarious. On um, it's like every level plays. It's really I think crazy. Is what works. It's yes. like there's nothing that like you're like oh that was that part wasn't interesting. No, yeah, it's all crazy. So a bit of background on Rocco himself. Mm-hmm. He's from New York. Monsieur. 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 Um, what's the Italian? Uh, Ma- Mon- Monsignor. No. Oh, uh, uh, is a captain. I don't know. Um, what is it, dude? I don't know that huh. fucking language. Um, so he's from New York. He started uh, working in restaurants. Yada yada yada. Next thing you know, he's a chef at this place, Pacific Pacific what? Standard. Pacific Standard. Um, and one of our old friends. Ruth Reichel, yes, who we love, um, famously wrote a review of it where the woman next to her was like basically having like an orgasm next to her eating the food. She gave it three stars, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he was doing really, really well. He was like kind of at the top of his game, actually well-regarded chef. Like he yeah. was performing and like had a successful career. Yes, and I think like, hugely respected by other chefs. Yes, exactly. Like he was considered he was like young, he was hot, he was like, you and know. And this was also like we all have to go back to this time. Like this is like we're talking like not even early aughts, like 2000 like before celebrity chefs. Yes. There it was like literally in this article they said the celebrity chefs are Emerald Lagasse and Julia Child. That's it. End of list. Yes. Like so he's like to be famous in this world, you're only famous in this world. Yeah. And then Brop NBC approaches him about doing a show about opening his own restaurant. Right. Like branching off. Cause he does, he's not the owner of the restaurant where he works. He's just the chef. Yeah. Um, and it's like one of those things where he's like, okay, like he, um, they do talk a little bit about like the, how you make money in this world and how, what your career is supposed to look like as a chef, because that, that's also changing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you have to write books, you have to like become, so it's like, that's kind of on, a, I, I think on their minds at the time, right. Like Anthony Bourdain is starting to do that stuff too. Right. Yeah. Like they're all kind of like, okay, like how do we parlay this knowledge into something else and like secure our future, et cetera. Um, so he's like, okay, he's like hot, he's young, he's successful. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take an opportunity. I'm going to be on the cover of magazines. I'm already kind of there. Yeah. He's, he's doing it. And this is also like, you're talking about like a booming economy, booming real estate. Like, it's like, of course you're thinking about, you're not thinking like, like he's a young guy. He's not thinking like now margins are leaner and like nothing is secure and nothing feels certain. So like you might be like, okay, I have this good job. I'm well-respected. I'm going to like bear down and keep working here. And maybe that'll grow into something. 2000. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Bush is president. We got a cowboy in chief. Like, let me like expand, expand, expand. Yes. Like it's not just this restaurant. It's like, he wants to take it to a national chain. Yes. Yes. Which is also a psychotic desire. But That's okay. like one of the major plot points in the movie Cocktail. He's like, yeah, I want to have a bar and a strip mall. I'm like, why is that your end game? <laughs> why? Like, why would you want to do, take, again, take it to suburbia? Why? So, it's, it's so, so strange. Weird. Like, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, so, before reality television is actually a thing, 
I think it's so cr- it's so crazy. So you're obviously way more of a expert in reality television than I am because I don't really watch it. But um, I do remember because I mean, even though I was an infant, I do remember in the early two thousands. Yeah, the beginning. This happening and it was really crazy. Like we had. I watched Real World and Road Rules, which sucks. Um, Real World forever. Road Rules, no, absolutely not. Okay. Okay. Anyways, we'll talk later. Um, which was seemed insane. It was the craziest thing we could imagine. Real World is early seasons of Real World remain untouched yes. in terms of true emotion. Yes. People just you just didn't know like what. You, we we have on camera what is actually true before people knew anything about like it's such a bizarre capsule that we have well they talk about this in the article too that they're like they didn't know the producers themselves don't know how to run a reality show right. so they're not feeding them plot lines right they're not like they're not setting up like there's some like there's like a, a romance and there's like some stuff, but they're not like setting up. They don't script it in the way that we think of reality TV right. now. It's scripted in a different way, which is worse, but also like allows for these like true conflicts to like bloom, which is that ultimately the guy who is funding the restaurant, who is an actual restaurateur. Yeah. Um, and has like a multi-million dollar like empire of restaurants he and Rocco got into like a legal dispute. He got Rocco banned from like the premise of the restaurant. And this is like the plot of season two of this show. It's so crazy. So yeah. So basically what is going on is that because reality TV doesn't really exist yet, they're, they're just kind of going for wild, wild west style. And they have, um, so it's like the opening of a restaurant. So they have, servers who are just like actors like like not actors but like they want to be actors they're being told they're going to be on a show about a restaurant not like you're going to be we're going to be filming you as yourself yeah right they don't really tell them what's going on and then they have actual people who have worked in the service industry who are working alongside them so there's like the hot people the regular (laughs) servers uh people much like you and i um dogs dogs ugly old doggies in the back (laughs) scraping off plates um (laughs) and then they have this guy and it's like it's very interesting because you do have sympathy for him but he is also the ego of a chef and so the ego of a chef on cam like that's the thing is cameras change you have the actors but cameras change how everyone acts Mm -hmm. and so it's like you have the cameras on the servers and the staff, and then this chef who like quickly becomes a villain on the show because he like he won't cook. He just wants to be on the mm-hmm. floor. He just wants to be performing for the cameras. Mm-hmm. He just wants the fame. Yep. And he openly is like, "Yeah, I want to be famous." Yeah. And then so it's like you're watching a restaurant that was actually supposed to be like the whole thing was that it was going to be an actual restaurant, which obviously doesn't work. But they wanted it to be a functional restaurant. When yeah. the cameras weren't there, but they built the restaurant basically as a set for TV. Yeah. So there was like cameras in the columns. There's cameras everywhere. It's so chaotic. They hired act. They hired people to come in to do plot points as guests. I read that in the second, a different article um, in New York magazine from 2004, from the time that they ended up 
just separating so they had a second dining room uh-huh. that was fully mic'd up because you can when you watch the show like the sound quality in the restaurant even though it's set up to be filmed is like yeah sucks it's really bad because it's like also a restaurant and so they set up a second dining room with just two tables that were like fully mic'd mm. and fully, but that's like it takes till the second season to get to it so the first season you're just watching like True chaos on it's every level. So insane. There's a fire. The soft open. <laughs> the fucking like it's the construction. It also they're like for some reason they're like we have six weeks to get this restaurant open. Yeah, yeah. It's so insane. It's Which is so, so crazy. Like they, it's so weird to me that they didn't take it like a restaurant that was opening on a normal timeline and then yep. come in two weeks before yes, it opened exactly. or something. Well, I'm like, why did you add on all of this absolute crazy? Like, there's no reason. Like, it would have been already enough drama. Of course. You don't have to be literally building the restaurant while people are still eating. It's like, and so there's like the shoddy work done. The kitchen is in the basement. They have an open range. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, that fire is getting too high. And then you see it's a fire and it's somehow like gotten behind the like whatever, like, plywood that is the wall and so it's spreading behind wood and so it's like this huge fire and they have to use a fire extinguisher which i don't know if anyone who's listening has used a fire extinguisher it's not like dude yeah no it's it's like there's like white crap that goes everywhere and they have to use a fire extinguisher on this fire that's gotten so big that the smoke has started rising and is spreading and they film a shot over the like spotlights that are in the dining room and you can see smoke oh my god like you can see it wafting it's crazy it's like so it's like this added element of like the the house is on fire actual danger (laughs) i mean it's incredible moments captured captured on tv like it's crazy it's really crazy and so like they also did a little bit of a compare it's just it's watching it Please do watch it if you find have. this YouTube. It's also for my Bon Appetit heads. Carla Lolly music is inexplicably very involved in the opening of this restaurant. Okay, sweet Carla Lolly music, who we all love from the Bon Appetit YouTube channel, Isn't sitting it? next to Rocco da Silva, or whatever the fuck his name is, whatever we decided his name <laughs> <Dispirito>. was. Spirito. <laughs> Albert da Salvo is sitting there. At a table. And they're interviewing people and she's just sitting there and she's like, uh-huh, so you're a people person. That's interesting. And I'm like, wait, Carla, <laughs> get out of there. What the hell? Um, also, just that there's a, a lot of really great details, but Rocco has his uh, 77-year-old <laughs> mother working in the kitchen making meatballs <laughs> that are called Mama's Meatballs on the menu and he's not cooking in the kitchen. He has <laughs> his like, elderly mother cranking out meatballs. meatballs. Arthritic as hell. Right, the whole thing is that he's basing this restaurant on his... Oh, there, and if you are uh, an Italian, uh, it, it's constant hitting you in the face with Italian heritage stuff, which it's, is amazing. It's yeah. He's like, I want to do something that's, you know, an, an homage to my heritage. I was, I was embarrassed to speak uh, Italian yes. with my family. And then I realized it's nothing to be embarrassed of. And I was like, I hate this plot line and also love it so much. Yes. It's very interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that Italians became white in the nineties, no. but according to this show that did happen. <laughs> Um, (laughs) it's so interesting, but it's, it, what is so truly fascinating about it is that like, like comparing it to Vanderpump Rules, Mm -hmm. a show that I openly adore is Vanderpump Rules 
because Sir is a functional restaurant and Vanderpump Rules is like the like added element to it, there's like almost nothing that's shot in the actual restaurant. Right. And they everything is it's focused on the wait staff. Mm-hmm. And then their like lives for the most part outside the restaurant. And then some of it is like at work they'll be like, You fucking bet you slept with my boyfriend. Or yeah, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then there's a very iconic alley where they all take their smoke breaks and like lots of confrontation happens, sure. but very little is filmed in the restaurant itself. And this is like, they didn't know, like, because clearly the producers don't know anything about restaurants yeah. or about reality TV. No, they don't, so they don't know to just follow the lives of the servers. No, it's blind. Just like pointing a fucking camera at the chaos. Oh, no control. It. It's crazy. It's, it's also, it's such a, it's a, it's a wonderful time capsule. Oh God. It's fucking disgusting looking when you look. Cause in my mind, you know, whatever, 2003, sure. I was there, but looking back, it looks like 1985. Like I was like, what the fuck? It looks crazy. It it's, there's like a moment <laughs> where it's like during construction and it cuts to Rocco. Who's like, like, Hot. Like, sure. that's, like, one of the things is that people are, like, he's hot. Right. Like, that's an undergirding premise of yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. And he's wearing... I know we all talk about this, but it's shot... The biggest pants. Yeah. <laughs> They're jeans. They're jeans. Okay? These are not, like... It's not sweatpants. Like no. they're They're supposed to touch your leg. Yeah, no. They're not. Not in that time. No. And they're, like, boot-cut oh, jeans. It's yes. a man. In, and then he's wearing, like, a, a soccer jersey. <sighs> Giant boot-cut jeans. Yep. And a soccer jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is a man that everyone's like, woohoo, it's a, baby. It's a baffling time to be alive. And then... I. <laughs> They're, so they give everyone their uniforms, which for the server's uniform, they have low-rise bootcut jeans, mm-hmm. of course, naturally. Yep. yep. Had a million pairs. Um, that the restaurant is issuing to you, which is also, like, that they didn't just say, like, wear these low-rise boot. Like, it's, like, it's such a moment, too, of the boom economy where it's, like, yeah, we're buying everyone fucking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So crazy. And then little red and green, like, soccer or rugby jerseys. <sighs> And then they had everyone choose a belt buckle that was emblazoned with a different word. Like there was someone like mama, queen, stallion, king. And everyone's like, there's this huge table full of these. And everyone's like picking them up and choosing what belt buckle they're going to wear. And I was like, I mean, what a picture of the time. No, it is. Also, there's a there's really incredible. I didn't watch as much as you did, but there's a lot of really really blatant product placement that's like hilarious to watch. Like this place, he's like, "Hey, does anyone want a beer? Can we get a couple cores for these guys?" And like said cores like 30 times in the 15 minutes that I watched, and there's like so many close-up shots. I'm like, "You're serving cores in your new restaurant?" It's like nothing That's the makes other sense. thing. It's like it's a very different like like the idea of luxury is so different Mm -hmm. in that time too. Like it's, they show the boxes being like put into the bar and it is, and some of it is product placement, but some of it is like the genuine taste of the, it's like cores and like blue moon. It's bizarre. And this is like a restaurant in like, like the flat iron. Like it's like a cool restaurant. People are spending lots of money Mm -hmm. and like, it's so bizarre. We've, we've come a long way, baby. 
we've come a long way. Like I know that we talk about and people think that natural wine is obnoxious, but uh, remember when people thought Blue Moon was a good beer? Mm-hmm. Like you get a little orange slice on the on the rim. On the rim. Remember when you yeah sour mix, <laughs> Pori Hemplo, <laughs> sour mix anyone? <laughs> this ranking anything? <laughs> Those fluorescent cherries before they became ironically cool again. Oh my God. It's so interesting. So then what happens is that season two, which I have not watched becomes this conflict between Rocco and the investor, the investor over who is going to like have ultimate control of the restaurant because the investor basically says Rocco's not there. He's not on the, he's not fulfilling his end of the contract. Right. Rocco says the investor is cooking the books and the investor says, which is very funny. He's like, oh, well, I'd be the only one cooking then. Oh, zing, nice. baby. So that's season two. And then it ultimately ends. And then Rocco, like he does like this weird, like, it's just very interesting because it's like such a promising chef. Yeah. And he is so like, He's, he's charts a really interesting course for himself because he goes on instead of like, he could have easily returned, I think, to working old fashioned working, old fashioned working, moved to LA. Yeah. You know, like probably not in New York. Cause yeah. I think probably in a genuine way that soured his reputation, but he could have moved to LA. He could have moved to Chicago, like could have built a different career for himself, but instead he like becomes a spokesperson for like Bertoli. He sells stuff on QVC dancing with the stars, dancing with the stars. Like again, because there's not a, a model for what a celebrity chef looks like. It's also so fucked up. There's a lot of really great details in this, in this piece, but of the psychotic manipulation and like onset fucked up stuff that they did to him. Not saying that he's blameless at all, but it was this thing of like, we just didn't know what that did to people. And so like that ruins your brain and like exposing someone to that level of like, it's too much for any psyche to it's crazy. Yeah. I think that is a, something that they pointed to in the article is like, it's very easy to now be like, well, what the fuck did they think was going to happen? But it's like, they didn't know. They didn't know. In a genuine way, like people did not know what they were getting into it's because like your doctor telling you to smoke cigarettes, <laughs> you know, that's what they thought was good for you. That's what they thought was good. They didn't know. They didn't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like everyone, like they, they thought they were just doing something like cool and fun and mm-hmm. interesting and new. And now we know that it like literally breaks your brains <laughs> and people still agree to do people it. People still do it. Except now they get paid. Now they get paid. That That's the other thing is like Vanderpump rules. Like, those cast members make up to $15,000, $20,000 an episode. Yeah. Yeah. These people, the server said that they made less money because of how much space the cameras took up that they could only work half their tables. Right. They actually made less money working at that restaurant. Right. Than working at just Which a regular. Is crazy. Yeah. It's very, it's very nuts. And then he was sort of ridiculed. I mean, he definitely was ridiculed. Um, I think Anthony Bourdain 
they had like some kind of like the golden clog award. For, I didn't like, like completely understand that. Cause I was like, I didn't know Anthony Bourdain like gave awards. I'm sure it was just some like weird, like fake one off fake thing. Yeah. yeah. But he was just kind of like known as a joke and kind of this cautionary tale of like a, a good chef gone bad kind yeah. of thing. But, um, and now, yeah, now there's a, a more, like you said, like a, a clearer pathway to, to that lifestyle. But, and now everyone's fucking, I mean, Jesus. Everyone does everyone it. Everyone does it. Now. Everyone does it. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting too, because I think like the reality, like cooking competitions are so like top chef is actually very well respected. Right. And it's like, but no one is doing react like what he did right now. Everyone knows do not do that. Don't, yeah. <laughs> like ever. Yeah. But he didn't, know, you know what I mean? Like he didn't no. know. And then, so then he, he just is now kind of marking a comeback and he just started working for the standard, but left, but left after less than a year. But people said the food was genuinely good. Yeah. Pete Wells liked it. Petey. And as I just want to say, we, uh, actually love Pete Wells. Yeah, that's not a meme. It's not a meme. We love him. We love him. We think he's smart and good. I often agree with his reviews. I really respect the work that yeah, he does. Yeah, so it's not like a, haha, it's Pete Wells. It's like, no, we actually love you, Pete. Pete. If you're listening. Pete. <laughs> Pete. Um, I would die if I found out that he had listened to even one moment of this I'm podcast. I'm going to tag him in every picture I can of that shirt when we get it, when it gets done. And he's going to, he's going to have to recognize us. He won't have a choice. He won't have a choice. Yeah. That, those brows are going to be furrowed at yeah, us. You know? <laughs> oh my God. I, I want him to know. I genuinely respect, I respect him. I think he's a good writer. I think he's a good reviewer. Yeah. I think he's great. So Pete, we love you. Pete. Hats off. <laughs> Tip of the old <laughs> cap. Um, yeah, it, but this is such such a fascinating story. I think it's also like I so understand. I think we've talked about this. Like I, the lack of kind of like media around restaurants is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Just for the fact that like they're very interesting places. Yeah. A lot happens. Yeah, and I mean, like, we talk about, like, that's why we started this podcast is because I'm like, wait, especially because front of house specifically does not get any sort of recognition beyond, like, oh, yeah, my kid's an actor. She's got to wait tables. Yeah. Like, beyond that trope, like, there's nothing for us. Which is really, like, not a thing anymore. Yeah, I know. No, definitely not a thing. Um, So... Yeah, I don't know. Um, it is interesting that there's not that. And, like, that could have been really fucking cool. Yeah. That show could have been awesome. Oh, my God. There's so there's such a rife... It, I mean, we've talked about, like, uh, food exposes a lot of vulnerability in people. And that's what you need to create good drama. Yeah, get us behind that camera. Ugh. I'm going to fucking boss around some 19-year-old servers. Yeah. I'll make them do some shit. Oh, yeah, baby. Um... um it's, it's, it is so, I'm like, why is this not more covered? It's such an interesting, it also is like, just as a narrative device for a show, perfect. Yeah. Like restaurant people coming in every day, alcohol. Yep. 
fucking it's, it's got like, it all. It's got it all, and it is like the classic like sitcom of just like we go to the same place every day. Yeah, so it's a classic set. I know. Come on, come on, get David Spade in there for the wisecracking <laughs> Maitre D or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, I would love that. Current David Spade. Huge current David Spade fan right over here. Um, but it is truly like, a, to me, like the, the author of, the, of this article was like, this show was like fascinating to me. And I really think that there is a certain like, the way that some women watch Law and Order as a way to process and true crime to process the trauma. Yeah. Like that's what restaurant media is. <laughs> yeah. It's a processing device. Totally. And I think that more people should exploit us. I think so too. I mean, like we said, able to be bought. Oh, 100%. 100%. Literally waiting for it. But yes, thank you for listening as always. And please do a review, subscribe, rate, tell everyone you scream it from the rooftops. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it. We love you guys. Okay. Goodbye. Bye bye.